Welcome to Sunshine State Takes, everyone. I'm Matt McConnell, along with my partner, Brandon Carroll. We're back after another one of our uh, pretty long gaps that have seemed to have been the theme recently, but work's just been kicking my butt. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Brandon the other day when we were talking about getting the show back on the road, and he said school's been kicking his. So, uh, you know, we've just been busy, but we're still dedicated to getting you the best content. And uh, we got a good show for you today because finally, after this long hiatus, we have one sport that we know for sure will be coming back, and that is the NBA. So we're going to get into all of that today. But before we get started, Brandon, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, it's been a long time since we've been able to get on this show, and uh, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be bringing our viewers some more content. And as the return of the NBA starts to really heat up, we're going to really get into today, uh, you know, the expectations for it. Um, the teams that benefited and uh, didn't benefit, you know, suffered from this long hiatus, uh, and also our contenders as we get in. So it's uh, gearing up to be a good show today. So I'm excited. Yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna give you some expectations who we think are gonna be the contenders. We're gonna give you some of the just the overall details in general of what this return is going to look like. So we're gonna get into all that after our intro. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Sunshine State Takes, everybody. I'm your co-host, Brandon Carolyn. You know, it's been a while since we've been able to get on this show, but we're going to kick it off with something that we've done since day one with What's On Your Mind. So, Matt, what is on your mind today? All right, so I was going to go with an MLB rant because of all that stuff that's going on there with their owners and their players whining like babies, and it's like two kids fighting over who gets to play the Xbox or something like that. I don't know. They're, they can't come to any agreement. But then I saw something the other day, and I knew for a fact that this was going to be my what's on your mind. So I came across an Instagram post on CBS Sports, and it asked, do you know what these NFL players' initials stand for? And you have like A.J. Green, J.J. Watt, T.Y. Hilton, B.J. Raji, C.J. Anderson, T.J. Watt, C.J. Spiller, T.J. Hushmanzada, one of the best wide receivers of all time. And then this is the one that we're going to focus in on here. We have Y.A. Tittle, uh, <laughs> quarterback for like the Giants and Niners, and I think even the Colts. He played from 48 to 64. But what I wanted to ask you is, do you know what the Y.A. stands for? No idea. Okay. So I swiped. It was It was like a – it was a two-post thing with, you know, you swipe to the right to see the answers. His name is Yelberton. <laughs> and when I Yelberton Abraham is what it stands for. And I thought I have to ask Brandon if he knows that because that is just, I think that says a lot about how humans have evolved because no one in 2020 <laughs> is going to have the name Yelberton. But I, think, I think that's why he went by YA, to be honest. <laughs> that, that's definitely, I was looking at, his Wikipedia just to see if I could find his dad was also named Yelberton. So I, I don't, 
I think he he uh he gets a, he gets the award for worst father of the year for giving his son that name. I would have went with like Daniel or something. Um, but Yelberton is his name. That was my what's on your mind. I thought that was just I don't know. That's just one of those things where you see it and it's like what kind of like what kind of name is that? I wonder what his childhood was like growing up. Like like he'll say something snarky to a kid and the kid will just be like, "Shut up, Yelberton." You have no room to talk. Your name is Yelberton. So that, that's what I got for what's on my mind. Pretty short, but um, pretty funny nonetheless. That's brutal. The other ones were just like normal, right? Um, I can. Well, I don't know. I can't remember a lot of them. Like J.J. Watts, Justin James. Yeah. C.J. Um, Henderson is Chris Hen- Henderson Jr. He just goes by C.J. Yeah. Um, Ty, uh, T.Y. Hilton's actual first name is actually Eugene. I yeah, didn't know if yeah, you knew I that. that. And yeah, then yeah. the T, I didn't know that. And then the TY is just an abbreviation of Tyrone. Um, TJ Watt, I, I can't remember if I just said it, is Trent Jordan. CJ Spiller is just Clifford Jr. Um, CJ Anderson is, um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Cortrell Javon. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah. He, he, he unlike Yelberton, can walk around <laughs> knowing that he is not going to get bullied for his name. Uh, BJ Raji is. Uh, Busari Jr. Uh, once again, I don't know if I'm saying all these right. TJ Hushmanzada is uh, Turaj Jr. That's almost... I would almost rather go by Turaj Hushmanzada than just TJ. <laughs> um, I played with him a lot in some of the old Madden games, so he's a wide receiver that I will always like. And then AJ Green is, once again, Adriel Jeremiah. I don't know if I'm saying the first name right. A-D-R-I-E-L. I don't know. But some interesting names. Uh, once again, Yelberton takes the crown. Yeah, that's uh, that's such Yelberton. a 1950s player football name, you know. So <laughs> I think I wanted to share that. Anyone who didn't know that, now you do. Um, hopefully, uh, you've learned something on this show. Uh, yeah. So that's what I got. Yelberton just became my favorite player of all time. He's yeah. the goat. Um, <laughs> Yelberton. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, shifted into a more serious topic. Uh, for my what's on your mind i just want to talk a little bit about you know the current times because i think with everything going on right now it's kind of ignorant to just for us to go into um you know our show without at least acknowledging what's happening in the world um so i just think it needs to be said that like right now uh, there's a problem with social injustice and racism in america the the problem that's occurred for way too long um you know it shouldn't have it should have never happened in the first place um but it's still happening right now and that's just not okay so uh, given like my circumstances, uh, I can't know the struggles that are faced each and every day uh, by right. those, you know, my brothers and sisters. Um, but what I can do is I can listen and I can help spark a change that's needed to grow, not just, you know, as, uh, you know, subgroups of uh, races, but as an entire human race. Because at the end of the day, we're all created equal and it's time for um, people to be treated as such and all treated equal. Um whether that be by a random uh, stranger on the street or even police or anything like that. I, I just felt like it was needed to say um, right. that I hurt for those that have to feel uh, the way that, you know, this has caused them to feel throughout their lifetime and that uh, I'm here to listen. I'm here to understand to my full extent, extent. And most importantly, I'm here to support and help change what's needed to be changed within America and around the world, which is the, you know, reverse not reverse i which is you know getting rid of the social injustice and right. racism so 
Yeah, uh, 100%. I'm in the same boat. Uh, obviously, at the end of the day, we'll never know what it's like kind of to be walking down the street and have different experiences with police than uh, what some of the black community has had. But, yeah. um, you know, it's our job to listen. It's our job to, uh, you know, kind of understand what they're feeling. I, had a fr- I have a friend that I grew up across the street from in New York for 12 years that I called the other day. And it was just like, hey, man, I want to listen. You know, what are your kind of like your thoughts on this whole thing? So um, just, you know, you know, call a friend, uh, you know, donate some money or some, you know, there are things that we can do um, that will have a big impact. It's kind of like voting in an election. You know, you might not think your vote counts because there are so many, but it really does. So even one little thing can help. So it's all about the actions that we can take. So definitely we stand, we'll listen, stuff like that. You know, no one's ever not going to be allowed to be a guest on our show or anything. We we want anyone and everyone to be on here. Um, there is none of that that goes on. We don't stand for that. And uh, we don't stand for what's been going on with police brutality and all that. So uh, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we, you know, we just felt like that needed to be shared. Right. Um, that was something that, you know, no matter how much we try to, uh, you know, everyone's trying to kind of move on. Uh, I think that's always the, what's the biggest thing going on right now. Um, cause that's not a race issue. That's a, you know, human right. issue. That's, that's more than just, uh, something that, you know, comes and goes. That's something that needs to be changed. And uh, exactly. I feel for those, you know, my, uh, you know, all the, you know, the black community and everything. So, uh, I'm here to listen. I'm here to do everything in my part to where I can help that change. But at the end of the day, um, I just felt like it was needed to be said. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, as we transition into our next uh, segment, Matt, what do you believe to be the expectations of this NBA restart this season? Well, I'm just certainly happy to, at the very least, that we are going to get NBA back and I just want to point out some of the things I find interesting it's gonna be in Disney World that, that's pretty cool um, we're gonna have 22 teams and eight game little regular season I definitely expect some rustiness yeah when this thing all is uh you know gets kicked off but I, I feel like that's also part of the reason why that eight game little regular season is there because I honestly don't think there were many things stopping the NBA from saying let's just resume with playoffs but um, you know, you, you don't want to start the playoffs with all your big stars, Rusty and stuff. So I definitely expect some of that. Uh, other than that, man, I, I kind of really expect this thing to get back to where it was quickly. I mean, it was a great season before it was suspended, and I don't really see any reason why that won't resume. Uh, you know, a, a lot of these teams are still bringing in a lot of the same star power that they had prior to suspension. They had time to, you know, work out at their own homes during quarantine, continue to work on their craft. Uh, you know, get healthy. So I, I think, you know, maybe the first couple games of that regular season might not be great, but after that, man, I think it should be smooth sailing. We're going to see some great basketball. It's going to look weird with no fans and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think all these players are still going to want to be going after the championship. It's going to be all the same intensity. So I'm excited for it. I think, like I said, I, the only thing I'm really concerned about is just a little rustiness going in, you know, uh, might have a couple players pulling hammies or something, but hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully these guys can stay healthy and give us a great conclusion to the season. 
Absolutely, and I 100% agree that there's going to be an adjustment period from uh, you know the long hiatus that was seen from the NBA this season, and uh, nothing's going to be seamless. And I think that's the biggest thing we need to realize is that it's not going to look like you know we're not going to see playoff basketball or end of season basketball immediately. It's going to seem like it's you know the beginning of the season where teams are easing into you know trying to reconfigure their game plans and really trying to gel as a unit once again because. After that long of a break, it's almost like they had a mini offseason within this right. season. And so um, I think we're going to see a mixture of sloppy gameplay, at least throughout the first eight games, if not carrying into the playoffs. Yeah. And we're going to see some fatigued players, like you said, maybe pulling some hamstrings or just being tired and looking as if they're not in shape because you can't replicate what you can do It's inside an NBA facility or any facility for that matter. Once you reach the college level, you can't mm-hmm. replicate that at home, no matter how much equipment and everything you have, you don't have that other person driving you to do it. Yeah. I think, I think it is bigger in college for that because NBA players kind of know what they're expected to do. Um, but I think some of the younger players are still, uh, we're, we're done a, uh, a large disservice in having to go throughout this season and not really getting to play the full season. Cause they're not really uh, adapted to what they need to do as an NBA player. So uh, I see it play not playing out more as a shortened season rather than a continuation of this season um, because of that thing, of that right there. It was a, like a mini offseason in itself. So, yeah. uh, you know, they're playing in Orlando, and I think because there's no fans, it's going to feel as if it's more of a practice environment for the players rather than, yeah. you know, a game environment, which I think could lead to some of the aforementioned sloppy gameplay. But at the same time, uh, we're going to see um, more and more intensity grow as they, you know, attend to being finals champions, which every player in the NBA wants to be a finals champion. Yeah. And this gives each and every team, you know, nine seed and above a chance to be able to do that. So, uh, it, so the one thing that I kind of want to point out is that it being played in Orlando, some people have a problem with that. Um, we were talking a bit before we talked about how Kyrie Irving was kind of, Irving yeah. was kind of having his little, um, I guess he was not very fond of playing in Orlando or really even restarting at all. Um, but there's some people like LeBron, for example, who's come out and said, uh, I, I'm fine with playing. I'm fine with playing in Orlando and that's not going to stop me from, uh, kind of doing what I need to do about the current times. Cause we all know LeBron is a big, uh, figure within trying to change the thing we talked about in my what's on your mind and social injustice and stuff like that so um some people think that's going to be impeded by you know having to all bring them down to one place but uh lebron and you know for example Kawhi and Giannis are all okay with doing that and yeah. also be still being that you know figure that public figure that can enact change within our society today Kyrie's probably just trying to get the season canceled so LeBron doesn't win another ring without him. Uh, that's kind of that's one of the things that went through my mind. Also, Kyrie's still injured, so he's yeah. probably just a little upset. Is he allowed to even go on the on the trip with the Nets? I don't. I'm not sure. I thought I, thought um, I saw something somewhere that someone was like, "Oh, oh, Kyrie's upset about not being able to travel to Orlando, yeah. trying to get the season canceled," but. I don't know. I, that definitely was interesting when I saw that. I hope that that isn't the case. That the I just that I just think that would be the absolute worst case scenario for the NBA to lay down this plan, pretty much confirm it, and then pump the brakes because a player said, "I don't think we should play." Um, that that'll be something to keep an eye on, but I don't I don't really see that happening. So yeah, outside of outside of a little bit of rustiness, I think this I think this thing is going to be. Fun to watch. It's it's gonna feel weird uh, 
you know, watching the NBA finals with without fans. But who knows? Maybe that's something the NBA will even monitor. And, you know, maybe if they feel comfortable with it, maybe, you know, late playoffs, uh, some fans start being let in and, you know, small capacities or whatnot. That'll definitely be something to watch out for. I would love for fans to get back in ASAP, but I still don't think it's ready just yet. But who knows, maybe by that time, you know, because what what's the possible end date? October 12th? Something like that, yeah. Late October, depending on what we're looking like. If the NFL season's going on and having fans and college football's having fans and stuff now, maybe the NBA uh, will will accommodate and be like, yo, we'll let in half capacity for the finals or something like that. It's gone well, no reason why we can't. So that'll be something to watch as well. Yeah, so uh, actually earlier in – the day um it might have been last night yeah it was last night um the nfl players or nba players association my bad um kind of came out and said that there might not even be fans for next season um the entire, i saw something next about year. that um, and i think I saw something about the sixers yeah i think that proposition um kind of limits what the nba is able to do right. with the uh postseason this year um i definitely think that while it would be cool to have fans get in and stuff like that um i don't think it's going to be something that happens just because you know we're already seeing the players association which is the biggest thing you know it it speaks for those that are uh, every player on a roster within the nba um i think because of that it's hard to say okay if we're they're already proposing for no fans next season because they feel as if you know they're not at a safety they belong to be at um i think with that you're not going to see it happen in this year's finals or even yeah. postseason at all i should say now is that just the nba or do you that's think just that that's just be- that just says the nba but with the nba going that way i think uh that could be a bad sign for many other sports leagues yeah i think there are different factors playing the nba is a sport that is played entirely indoors yeah so that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, at the end of the day, and we're getting off track a little bit, but at the end of the day, I just don't see why, like, especially like, you know, like the Jags and the Bucks and Dolphins, some of those one o'clock September games are near a hundred degrees. Like, I don't, I don't, that's the type of weather that'll kill off a virus like that. And I, I personally don't see why places like that can't, can't let fans in. But once again, I, I still think we're, far away from a definitive answer on that. I don't really think anyone knows at this point because we started reopening and then um, a lot of people are out in the streets protesting and whatnot. So that could cause a spike. It's just, there are so many directions that this thing could go right now. But uh, at at this point, I think we're just got to take what the, what they're giving us. They're giving us basketball. So I think we can settle for that for right now and watch that and enjoy that because nonetheless uh, we're starting to get sports back. Absolutely, and that's the biggest thing right now. We're starting to get uh, sports back. We're starting to get a thing that, um, what I believe, to really hold some people together. I know uh, there's, you know, I've kind of been lost without sports. And yeah. not. it's not been like I haven't been able to do, you know, I just, I. it's not like I haven't been able to function because, like, you know, sports are just sports. They're not everything, and there's more to life other than sports. But at the same time, uh, it's hard not being able to, you know, just turn on the TV and watch some basketball being, you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. it's difficult not to see that live uh, sporting event. You know, I've been watching more boxing in this, uh, you know, boxing in UFC and right. during this quarantine or during this 
pandemic, I should say, than I have in my entire life. So because yeah, it's the only thing that's been on. Exactly. I mean, uh, that Tom Brady Peyton Manning golf match was on a couple yeah. of weekends ago. That was pretty entertaining. That was good. Um, yeah, that was actually some really good stuff. But other than that, I mean, I'm not really sure for the most part what else has resumed. But I agree with you, and um, it, it just has been so weird. I like I haven't really even felt inclined to like turn on Sports Center or anything yeah. that much. I mean, I might flip on NFL Network if there's a classic game playing or something, but. It's just, it just, you know, I like watching Sports Center for the highlights and all that, and kind of recapping, like the day and what's been going on. But there isn't, you know, there's just not a lot of highlights to show right now, and a lot of game to analyze. So I felt less inclined to kind of turn that stuff on, and it, it's really just like this quarantine is kind of. I just feel like, kind of like, I don't really know how to word this, but like, kind of like disrupted my connection with sports a little bit because when sports were on I was you know everything on my tv was like sports related or something and I was making sure I was keeping up with everything but you know now that there's not been as much to keep up with I haven't you know been keeping up with it yeah as much as I was so um it's gonna be nice to have it back it's gonna be nice to you know have highlights on the tv and you know looking forward to eight o'clock games and stuff like that I'm, I'm still holding out that baseball comes back because i really don't want to have to wait all the way till 2021 for that but uh you know what they're gonna be stubborn and that's fine the mlb can be themselves but uh you know we're gonna take the nba we're gonna take the nhl hopefully the nfl um looks like colleges are in full swing they're ready to go so uh i'm excited for what they are gonna give us so let, let's let's get this thing going man i I, honestly, I just have one more thing to say, and this actually is on topic. I just like the NBA. I, I don't. I don't get why they have to wait all the way till July thirty first. You know, I, I guess I do to an extent because of training camps and whatnot. But I just feel like that's almost another two months still. You yeah. know, like I want to get this thing going sooner, but we'll see. I, they have their plan set out, and props to Adam Silver for handling it the way he did. Um, you know, Adam Silver is a guy who I feel like gets a lot of hate on social media and you know they call him the lizard man and whatnot but um you know props to him uh yeah. because that mlb commissioner rob manfred and the owners are really dropping the ball there and uh, you know i think the mlb just needs to take a step back look at the nba and figure out how they did it and go from there um that's what i think but yeah props to adam silver and prop props to the nba really because they were the first sport to cancel and now they're the first one to come back yeah so uh, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think uh, Adam Silver is probably the best commissioner within all of sports. Um, Definitely, I think it he certainly did, isn't Roger Goodell. Yeah, I think it he did. I think he did a great job with how he handled this situation, given the circumstances. Uh, it's an unprecedented situation; we've never really seen this happen. Yeah. So, for the way he was able to handle it, and also keep in mind, you know, he was more than just the revenue aspect. He kept kept in mind um, the player aspect, which I think is huge because yeah. uh, you know, so many times today we see. Uh, people in that position get caught up in the money. And right. that's something Adam Silver, I don't believe, has done um, since becoming the NBA commissioner. He's always been a, uh, I don't want to say players commissioner, but he's always been someone to really acknowledge their viewpoints, I believe. And so with that, right. I think he's done a great job in this situation and overall during his time as commissioner of the right. NBA. Yeah, no, and as of right now, he's definitely in a good spot obviously this whole thing has to go through i mean there are still there's still a lot that can happen between now and july 30th or 31st or whenever they plan on going i think it was originally july 31st but then they moved it up a whole day to july 30th so 
we'll see. Obviously, this thing has to go through. But hey, as of right now, Adam Silver uh, did a very good job. So what are we gonna? Where are we gonna go from here? We're gonna get into some of our contenders, or uh, yeah, we can get into some of our, some right. our contenders. Um, I kind of want to touch on teams that benefited from the break, okay. and then teams that didn't benefit, so suffered from the break. Um, that's kind of what I have prepared. But we can get into some contenders, and then with that. I can get yeah. into the expectations or like the contenders yeah. and stuff. Let's do that. I mean, I don't have an, an I, cause I mean, you know, once again, it's no different from if the season were to never get suspended. I only wrote down five teams that I thought were favorites to win it all. And I feel like a lot of people would agree here and I put them down in a particular order. Um, I got it going Clippers, Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Celtics. I think, I think, the Clippers are my number one team to win the finals right now, given the circumstances because of their depth and the fact that we pretty much had a three-month gap in between games, longer than that. So there's going to be a lot of rustiness, a lot of fatigue, a lot of tired players. I think the Clippers have the depth to kind of work around that, and they have the pieces to always have player playmakers on the court while they can have other playmakers on the bench resting and I think they're just going to overall have the best shot to win this thing. Yeah. Uh, I had the Lakers as my number one team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm got, not, I, I figured you would probably have them there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I Okay. I try so hard not to be biased um, towards, you know, the Lakers just because, you know, my goat's LeBron. I think right. LeBron is the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. I agree um, with you. I'm in the same boat. And I think having that – having LeBron – in this situation, if there's anyone that can come back and look like he has not lost a step, no right. matter what year he is within his, you know, within his career, LeBron is the guy that's going to come back and he's going to dominate from game one and he's going to carry it through the playoffs. He's going to take the Lakers and, you know, probably go game seven against the Clippers, upset them there. And I just right. think that with having LeBron, it's going to be too much for the Clippers because, you know, so many teams need that, you know, they have to be able to get in the rhythm. They have to be able to gel throughout the season. I think the Lakers were doing that really well. I think the Clippers were struggling to do that a bit, and now right. they're back at an even playing field. Yet, the Lakers have that, you know, they have they have the king. And you, right. can't, you can't just ignore that they have the king. And so, with right. that, the Lakers have the best shot of winning the NBA title. Well, here, here's my question to you with the Lakers, because we've talked uh, – we. Now we've talked a lot about the Lakers on this show. Yeah, probably, we probably talk about the Lakers more than any other NBA team when we do talk about them. And I feel like the word that we always use when we talk about LeBron at this point in his career, uh, other than goat, we we use facilitator. Yes, because um, so. at this point in his career, that's what LeBron probably is. He he, what is he? Does he lead the league in he assists? Le yes, he leads the league He's in assists. There. Yeah, he, ten assists, so almost eleven assists per game. It's like right. ten point six. He's up there in assists, and, you know, at this point in his career, he's not exactly going crazy with the points per game. I'm not sure exactly where he is there, but... 25.7. So he, he's still he's still pretty solid in that regard, but the, the thing is, if LeBron's going to be able to facilitate, that, that means his team is going to have to be back at the same level they were during the regular season. Now, now, that's why I like the Clippers, because they have that depth, and those guys will always be able to be rested. And the thing we talked about with the Lakers is, you know, not really a third consistent scoring option. And, you know, now that third option, whoever it may be, is going to be a bit rusty. 
we know LeBron's going to be good. We know Anthony Davis is going to be good, but is LeBron going to be able to facilitate with this Lakers team as well as he did before the suspension? I have no question about it. Yeah, I think no I, I think he does. You know, you give a guy like LeBron basically another offseason to rejuvenate his body and only have to play a limited amount of games. He's back in full form. We have to realize right. that. He's there's no lingering injuries that are happening. He's rehabbed. He's been in the weight room. He's been, you know, playing basketball uh by himself. He's been, you know, he's even working out with guys like KD and Kawhi and people like that throughout the uh, you know, during all of this after quarantine ended. So uh he has a team around him that gives him a chance to win now, I believe. He has that second star that, you know, he's right. always had whenever he has won an NBA title. And now he goes in with a chance to solidify himself, not just another NBA championship to bring back to Los Angeles, but an MVP in its own right. You know, another yeah. MVP to that, you know, illustrious list of accolades that LeBron has earned himself since entering into the NBA. If anyone can put together an incredible performance throughout the longevity of this shortened, you know, quote unquote season, it's LeBron. And, you know, you got a Clippers team that really, you know, it's Kawhi, Paul George, and then, right. you know, they do have the other pieces. I'll agree with you on that. They have the depth. But who's – which one of those, you know, they have Montrez Harrell that's probably going to have to take on AD. And last time I checked, right. Montrez Harrell, he might be good, but he is not AD level. Right. And LeBron no, is just no, too no. much of a bully to be able to, you know, he's going to get in the lane. He's going to get his points. He's going to get to the free throw line. And he's going to be able to kick it out to guys like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and they're going to be able to hit shots when they need to. You know, Danny Green's always been a guy that – uh, yeah. You know, there's always been teams that are like, okay, who's this? Th- who's the third scoring option? Danny Green's been that guy, you know. In uh, San Antonio, he was the fourth guy technically because they had that big three of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. Last year, it was really, uh, you know, they had Kyle Lowry, Kawhi, and then Danny Green really showed up within uh, the he playoffs. Was great and in, in and the so, final. exactly. And I think uh, that's going to be something similar to what we see this season. Um, with him being able to knock down the tray ball and also play some solid defense for this Lakers team. Yeah. So see now that question I asked you, I don't I have no doubts in LeBron's ability. I don't think if the Lakers don't win the finals this year, it's not gonna be because of LeBron. Anytime a LeBron team has lost or hasn't won the finals, it hasn't really been because of LeBron. It's just I don't like I just I'm I'm just curious if, you know, some of those other pieces on the Lakers will be able to come up or come out and play with that same intensity that LeBron and AD will with the break because LeBron and AD are your stars on that team. The expectation is that they come out and play as they did before the break. The expectation is that Giannis comes out and plays the way he did before the suspension. The expectation is that guys like Jason Tatum and Pascal Siakam and uh, you know some of your other star James Harden, some of your other stars in this league, they got to come out and play like they did because those are the guys that give their respective teams the best chance to win. It's just a matter of, you know, with the Lakers, because like I said, we talk about it with the third scoring options and stuff. It's just going to be curious to see if, you know, maybe some of those guys don't get it going right away and maybe there's some frustration with LeBron, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I don't don't really doubt the Lakers as well. I've just – you know, anyone who's listened to this show knows that I've been I've been liking the Clippers all season, so yeah. I'm not going to change up on them now. Yeah. Similar to how you are with the Lakers. Yeah, I, I I just think the Lakers are in the best position to win it. I would love to see LeBron win a fourth Finals, dude. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be upset by any means if the Clippers don't win. Not you know, my team is the Knicks, and they're not here. Um, 
I'm going to watch the Celtics pretty closely because they're probably the team that I've watched the most of throughout this regular season. I saw them play in Boston over December. So I hope they can make some kind of a run. But ultimately, I think LeBron winning a fourth title and the Lakers in general winning because of what happened with Kobe and all that would be a great story. But that's why we're going to play. We're going to find out who the best of this bunch is, and it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Yeah, I have a question for you. Um, So there's a guy on the Clippers. We all know him, Patrick Beverly. Uh, he's always been known as the scrappy, you know, kind of annoying little brother type player. Um, without the fans there, do you think he still continues to play with that high intensity that he always plays with whenever, you know, he has the opposing fans kind of, you know, shouting and, you know, being against him or his home fans, you know, loving what he does. Cause he's only a player that, you know, he's like Draymond Green. He's a player that your fans love. Everyone else can't stand him. What do you think about yeah. that? I mean, that's kind of hard to give an answer on because in terms of the all all four sports, we haven't really seen no fans yet. Yeah. So we don't really know. I mean, we've seen it for UFC and stuff like that. But in terms of like the NFL, the NBA, we've seen it for the MLB in 2015, but that was at an Orioles game who I'm pretty sure you once said, well, they don't have fans anyways. So that atmosphere wasn't really different from the norm but we haven't seen an nba game without fans before thus we haven't seen patrick beverly without fans before yeah. will patrick beverly still try to get under the skin of absolutely guys like lebron james i don't doubt it but is he going to be able to get away with it as much probably not because everything that is said the refs can hear right and everyone can hear because you know it's yeah. gonna i mean they're gonna pump in the 2k sound which i think is a great idea I have He's no gonna, problem with that. But. Patrick Beverly is going to have to get together with uh, Lance Stevenson and figure out the <laughs> best subtle ways to get after LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, whatever he had planned for uh, if the season weren't to get suspended and the whole thing was going to resume as usual with fans and all that, He's not going to be able to get away with it now. So he's going to have to figure out a couple different tricks on his sleeve. Maybe maybe uh, stick a piece of gum under LeBron's shoe or something and try and slip him up that way. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what uh, what Patrick Beverly has in store for when that comes. I'm actually ex- – he's one of the guys I'm excited to watch when this thing resumes. I saw the video last night uh, where him and LeBron got in a little scuffle and LeBron kind of just swatted him away like a fly. That yeah. was very funny to me. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping there's a bit more of that come this postseason i want to see some of that resume tension between some of these teams that uh you know we got to see a lot of in the regular season yeah. so i i hope uh, he I'm goes going... i hope he goes and talks to lance stevenson because if we all remember how that series turned out lebron got that away was... with the win so yeah that, that's Absolutely. it's, it's yeah. gonna be an interesting uh rest of this year but uh is there a team that you think has really, you know, benefited from this time, if any, um, if you can just think of off of the top of your head, if not, I can go into mine, but just one team yeah. or, or maybe a few, it doesn't matter, uh, that you just think the hiatus, the suspension of play really helped more than hurt. Uh, well, it's got a, one of the teams that, and now I don't, by no means is this team a finals contender, but I do think their chances of getting a bit deeper into the playoffs, assuming I got to look at what their record was, assuming they, so a team that they're not in the top eight in their conference, but do they have a bit better of a chance because of this break? I think so. And I think that's the Pelicans 
Yeah. Uh, and that's that's because of the health of Zion. And that's just the team I, I can think off the top of my head that has a shot. So um, because when Zion came back, it already looked like a much better team. And Zion looked like he got the feel of the NBA pretty cool. I'm excited to see how that goes. I think I think definitely giving him more time to get healthy and rest up is going to be good for them. I agree. And who doesn't love watching Zion play? That just brings right. that brings more viewership. That brings more everything. So the Pelicans in the playoffs would be great, not just for everyone watching, but also the NBA as well. Um, but I think this was the probably the best thing that could have happened because now they have their star rookie. Uh, he's healthy after an ankle injury uh, in the preseason. And, you know, the last time we saw Zion, he was still in a minute to, to, uh, restriction. Yet the Pelicans are only three games out from the eight seed. You know, while they might not be able to get there, it's definitely going to be a fight to be able to, you know, for the Grizzlies to, you know, keep them, ward them off, I should say. And they also have the Trailblazers coming after them. So the Grizzlies are actually one of the teams that I'll be talking about later as a team that, you know, kind of suffered from this. Um, but while it may be difficult for the Pelicans to squeeze their way into the postseason, I kind of think they have a chance to compete because not only is Zion back, but they've also had Brandon Ingram playing. Uh, you know, he, he was playing at a high level before they went to the break. He was averaging 24, 6, and 4. And I wouldn't be shocked if they were able to pull off the uh, what we believe to be unthinkable right now in only eight games and, you know, make up those three games against a Grizzlies team. And well, right. Uh, but what are the Pelicans right now? They're the nine seed, right? They are the 10 seed, actually. They're, they're, they are? They're... Um, so they're behind the Blazers. They are, yes. So the Pelicans don't even need to grab the eighth seed. They just need to make sure they're within four games of the eighth yes. seed. Because doesn't that create a nine versus eight play? Yeah, it makes so a play in. Yeah. That, that's that's what the Pelicans need to focus on but now. The, can they can the, they overcome Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers? I don't know, but um, you know that's another thing. That's why we play. Um, I do think that the Blazers are honestly a team that might have been hurt from this because. Damian Lillard at one point during that season was going on a tear, putting up some absolute crazy numbers in a stretch of games and now kind of got cut off by a three-month gap. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that looks in terms of how rusty he will be because if uh, if the Blazers are going to go ahead and get into the playoffs, it's probably going to have to be on the heels of Damian Lillard. He's going to have to win them some big games, and uh, so we'll see. No, I, definitely, I definitely think – the Pelicans are the team who have benefited greatly, though. Yeah, uh, I kind of disagree with the Blazers being a team that was kind of hurt. Um, I don't think they were hurt. I'm not saying in terms of. I don't. I don't think they were hurt bad. I, I'm kind of just referencing that in terms of, just because Damian Lillard was having a phenomenal, yeah, and sure. can he can he keep that up? Like. It doesn't matter who you are. You you go on a crazy stretch of games like that. Now, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but you go on that stretch that he had and then the season gets suspended. You know, it's it's that's kind of just a little kick in the face there. So, can he can he regain that momentum quickly? We'll have to see, but for now, um like in like I don't see why the Pelicans can't knock off the Trailblazers. I I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Um the thing that I wanted to say is I think the Trailblazers, they, they weren't even, they didn't, I don't think they were necessarily helped because of the thing that you said um, with Damian Lillard, but they weren't hurt either because now they have Yusuf Nurkic, who is a big part of their offensive, uh, you know, their offensive game plan whenever he's in the game, being able to, you know, be that third option to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, um, you know, getting to the bucket. I think by having him, this Blazers team, 
is in a position to be able to steal that eight seed or you know even that play-in game. Uh, I think the Pelicans' best shot to get into the playoffs is have the Grizzlies kind of go on a bit of a slump. I think if the Grizzlies are the team that falls out of it completely, the Trailblazers slide into the eight, the Pelicans slide into the nine, and the Grizzlies fall back to the ten, that'll be the best shot for the Pelicans to get in. But I just don't see anyone beating the Trailblazers in a play-in game or even you know for the eighth seed um, because of Yusuf Nurkic being back after not playing one game all season and seeing that the Trailblazers were still so close to getting in without him. Right. Um, so I don't know the exact details on that nine versus eight play-in game, but yeah. is it just one game or is it like a... I think it's just one game. That'll be... Oh, I hope we get that. I hope we get that in both conferences. Yeah. That'll be some... Those, those will be some fun games to watch. Probably more so in the Western Conference than the East because what? The nine seen in the East is the Wizards. Uh, yes. They're there, right? They, yeah, but they're, they were not having a good season. It doesn't really even make much sense to me why they got invited. Um, but, because they were the nine seed. Right. That's but other I mean. than, I, I mean, it's just when it comes to that, like their record is so bad compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference that yeah. it's all, you could almost just like kind of do away with it. But we'll see because they are, they're more than four games back of the Magic right now. Yeah. So at, at that and there's I don't really see that changing, but if we can get like a Grizzlies versus Pelicans or Trailblazers versus Pelicans playing game, uh, I think any combination of those three teams playing in that game would that'll be pretty fun. Definitely. Uh, another team that I think has really benefited from this is the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, they were starting to look yeah. as if they were kind of gonna uh, you know fall apart and maybe yeah. squeeze their way into a playoff run, but at the same time they were playing at the time without both of their stars, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And now those players have had time to heal. Heal. Um, you know, we have Ben Simmons, who was honestly looking like he wouldn't play for the rest of the season. That's now going to come back in and give the Sixers, a, the, you know, put the Sixers in a prime position to make a run in the East. You know, with the Bucks now having a tough road, uh, not being in the rhythm that they would have been at this point, having Giannis having to get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, we're going to see them have to play two out of the three of Boston, Toronto, and Philadelphia in back-to-back rounds, most likely, um, and just to make it to the finals. Um, I think Philadelphia has a legitimate shot um, to kind of steal a series um, from a team like, you know, Toronto or something like that. If they're able to, you know, kind of get back into the the, the heat of the moment and be able to seize the opportunity that they've been given with allowing Simmons and Embiid to return. Um, I think if not just a series, the entire conference in itself, because this Sixers team is a talented one. They just haven't been able to put it together for yeah, years. Absolutely. And while I'm happy, I don't have Ben Simmons on my team because he can't shoot the basketball. He plays with high intensity on both ends of the floor. He's able to get to the bucket and he's a, he, he's a floor general. And I think right. with that, you're going to have a better shot to be able to win with a guy like that on the court rather than any other player. So I think the Sixers scene sets up to be, if not, you know, the East champion, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals or one game out, maybe a 4-3 to Boston or something like that. I think they're going to, you know, put up some serious competition and be a serious threat to some of the better teams within the East. So the Sixers are your sleeper team? Yes. Would you say? Yeah, they are. I, I, I can't necessarily say I've I've circled a sleeper team. Um, I, obviously, the the 76ers are probably 
a good choice. I'm really interested to see what the Heat and Pacers do in this whole thing. Um, the Pacers are another team that you could argue have benefited because it's just more time for Oladipo to get healthy, yeah. and he's a force at full at full health. So they'll be interesting. The Heat were looking pretty good, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. But I don't, I don't know. The East is going to be difficult because I, I just – I, I really don't see anyone else out other than the Bucks, Raptors, or Celtics making it. I, I just feel like those three teams can overpower most of the other teams. I mean, we're certainly not worried about the Nets, Magic, or Wizards. So um, it's like, can the Heat, Pacers, or Sixers get past the Bucks? Maybe the Sixers can with this gap. I don't know if the Heat or Pacers can, but uh, we'll have to see. And then I'm once again, I don't, I don't really have a sleeper team in the West because I don't really think they're yeah. – are many i think we know that all the teams in the west are pretty darn good um but once again i I just don't see anyone in that conference beating the lakers or clippers a team i'm excited for though and i'm kind of glad they're there is the suns um just because it'll be fun to watch devin booker kind of you know see what he could do there um i'm also really excited to watch the grizzlies and i i want them to make the playoffs because i want to see john morant yeah, but I also wouldn't mind seeing the Pelicans in there. Um, yeah, I, I I wrote down like teams I'm most excited to watch, and that list for me goes Celtics, Grizzlies, and then the Jazz. I think the Jazz are like for me, they're one of the teams I'm most excited to watch because if you think about it, the Jazz are why the NBA yeah. got suspended. Yeah. So you had Rudy Gobert get the coronavirus and then Donovan Mitchell got it and then Silver shut the whole thing down. And was that I – I can't remember if the game was in Oklahoma City or in Utah. It was in that Oklahoma opened, City. But the Jazz were there and players on the Jazz getting the coronavirus is what led to this whole thing. And now in uh, – I, I just think it's going to be interesting to watch the Jazz. I feel like there's going to be a lot of attention on guys like Gobert and Mitchell and – because of all that that went down. So I, I'm excited to see them. Uh, you know, the guys that kind of ruined it for everyone. It, it'll, it'll be fun to watch them and see how they handle this whole thing. And then lastly, the Celtics. Um, I'm just really excited to watch the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, I, I've kind of been missing Jason Tatum. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to see some Kemba Walker again. Um, now, a player that I am excited to watch, I didn't write down the Raptors, but – I'm also pretty excited to watch Fred Van Vliet when this thing resumes. So I I think I'm more so looking forward to some of the players than some of the teams. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's how I am with basketball. A bit more player-oriented. Like, I like the Knicks, but the Knicks suck. So, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm not a Celtics fan, but will I watch the Celtics every night to watch Jason Tatum? Yeah, I will. So stuff like that. Yeah, um, the Celtics actually have um, one of my favorite players in the NBA um, on the bench, uh, Carson Edwards. I don't know if you know who that is from Purdue. He put up uh, an incredible performance within, uh, you know, the March Madness, uh, I think it was last year. Yeah, he's a rookie this season. So um, I, if I was a, you know, a guy, a general manager within the NBA, that's the word I was looking for, um, I would have, you know, kind of threw my job away because I'd have drafted him top five. But, uh, I just loved everything he did. I, I was just a... He was robbed trip. of a trip to the Final Four yes, because uh, who's that blonde blonde hair guy on Virginia that hit that 
game tying uh, shot against Purdue, and I can't remember. I can't. His name. I can't Did say he, his last name. Dia. Dude, I can't say the name, but yeah, I don't know how to say it. I don't even know. Yeah, we got to figure this out before we get back because I, I want to know now that we've brought it up. Um, it's like Dakite. Uh, what is? It? I can't think of it. Mamade Diakite. Okay, that's what I, I knew. It was something Diakite. Something. Yeah, Mamade Diakite. Yeah. 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 yeah I remember while I was at I was working at V Pizza when that game was happening, and me and my manager were watching it, and I was pretty happy because like. You know, Virginia's always in the Final Four, and I wanted to see Purdue knock them off and yeah. stuff like that. And it looked like it was going to happen. Well, there was like a full court inbound, and uh, Diakite sunk it for overtime. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because Carson Edwards in that game in particular, His I think, lights played out. very well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah Carson Edwards put together a beautiful string of games within that tournament, and I just loved everything he was able to do. He's a sharp shooter who – um, you know, he might not have the physical attributes to be a star in the NBA, but just give the put a, the ball in his hands and he's going to knock it down every yeah. single time. He was shooting shots in the at the college level that were, you know, that were it was even behind the NBA three point line. The dude was just knocking them down from anywhere over half court. And I just think with a player like that, with a player that can get that hot, you have to be able to put him in rotation somehow. Right. And, uh, you know, the Celtics are taking a year with them, I think. But at the same time, I think he's going to be a great role player, if not, you know, a starting point guard in the NBA. And I, I think he has the ability to be a starting point guard in the NBA. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, when I went to the Celtics game if he was on the court much. He, he probably wasn't. He's only averaged, all, I think it's like eight eight, point, or eight minutes. I want to say he was on there for a little bit. Yeah. I feel like I definitely remember seeing him play, but I can't remember him doing anything too yeah. drastic. I can try and – pull it up real quick actually i, I think uh i'm pretty sure it's less than eight i think it's like um it might even be somewhere around like two minutes a game he doesn't play very much which is ridiculous because he should yeah i'm gonna i want to try and pull up that box score real quick um let's see if i can find that crap what game i think it was this here it is from the 20 december 28th did Carson Edwards play uh hold on one second we're getting off topic a little bit he played two minutes and he did not put up anything yeah that's what I thought I couldn't I I couldn't remember him doing anything drastic in that game but I feel like I definitely remember him being on the court for a little bit but yeah he's gonna be a guy to keep an eye on maybe not during Um, this coronavirus resumption but definitely in years to come yeah He's played nine minutes a game and shot 1.1 for 3.2, you know, per game. So, you know, yeah, he's still young. He's still young. Um, But, yeah, so getting into another thing is I have, you know, I mentioned how the Grizzlies were a team that I thought were a bit, they kind of suffered a bit from this because, uh, like, this hiatus or whatever, because you have to think, before the break, they were on what I believe to be a tear They, you know, they had, they were in prime position to secure at least the eight seed in the West behind the play of Jaron Jackson and John Morant. And now with getting back into the swing of things, we're going to see that their biggest challenge is, are they mature enough to handle the adversity when it inevitably smacks them in the face? Cause you have to think a team like this, they're young. They're not going to be able to, 
you know, really... I don't think be, they're not going to be able to just jump back into it like they're veterans. Because right. like I said earlier, they're not the type that understand how to be able to replicate what you can do in a facility because they're still not new to the NBA in, it, in their own right. So I think their jail period has been thrown off a bit. And with that um, could result in, you know, either the Trailblazers or like we said, the Pelicans catching them and ultimately knocking them out of the postseason. A one that, they were a, they were a team that was promising, and I think uh, having Ja Morant in the final or in the playoffs in his first season would be huge for their franchise. But at the same time, I just don't think it's going to be able to happen. I've had my doubts about them, um, you know, during the season if they were going to be able to keep it up. And if they do make the playoffs, it's even unlikely that they win a game because right. they're going to have to play a team like the Lakers or the Clippers, and that's going to be brutal. Probably for them. the Lakers. Yeah. So that's going to be. A tough ride for them so uh, it'll be interesting to watch them play out but i think this um little bit of a uh hiatus hurt them tremendously who do you think has the best chance out of those three teams that could potentially get the eight seed to beat the lakers blazers you think it's the blazers yeah. I, I i think i could agree with that but i, I think i would like to see how the pelicans match up against them but i don't think at the end of the day it's just tough because these are at most seven game series and uh, you have to have a really good team to take out a team like the Lakers in seven games. And I don't know if any of them could do it, but it it probably would be the Trailblazers. Yeah. Um, my thing is, I say the Blazers, um, you know, I got to go on record and say that uh, Damian Lillard's probably my second favorite player in the NBA behind LeBron at okay. the moment. Um, I just think he's he's another guy that I think is – um, which is why I think I like Carson Edwards so much because I think their skill sets match so well. Obviously, Damian Lillard is you know tremendously talented and he's been able to do things over the years that uh, just show how clutch he is. You know, the I, I, he's knocked down two game-winning series, clinching you know get winners within the playoff um, playoffs. One against the Rockets, one against um, I'm pretty sure it was the Thunder. I'm I'm you know trying to recollect yeah. memories, but. Um, you know, he's just put on some spectacular performances. And I think, uh, you know, having to go against a guy like Damian Lillard, and if we can just get a shell of what um, CJ McCollum was like two years ago before whatever he's been doing this season, I think the Blazers, while I doubt that they could be either the Clippers or the Lakers, they might be able to win a game or two within that series. Right. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting i'm just excited to get this thing on the road um once again it sucks that we have to wait till july 31st but yeah it is what it is um do we have really anything else we want to get into um i mean i can kind of okay so imagine you're a team that's playing together for the first time okay you had a star acquisition in the offseason you had the emergence of a g-league player into one of the you know premier players within the nba at least at the beginning of the year. And then you have an all-star caliber big man, low expectations for your season because of the, it's their first year playing together from everyone outside the facility. And you're having people say, oh, they're not going to do anything when it comes to playoff time. What team are you, Matt? I got to guess this. And yeah. this is a... Okay, so you have a team that they have a first-year star on their team. The dude is, you know, top 10, if uh, top 15, if not top 10 in the NBA. Okay, you have an all-star caliber center, big man. Uh, he might be power forward, actually, um, listed. I'm not sure. And then you have a guy that basically played in the G League up until this year. He's he's still newer, 
but they're it, that's kind of their three. And then you have a guy that came out from uh, Kentucky knocking down shots from all over the uh, court. Oh, is this the Heat? Yeah, it is the I'm Heat. Tyler Hero. You got the Miami. Kentucky gave it away. I know that's not I had. Okay, the Miami yeah. Heat were on a fire start to this season. Okay, they had Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo leading the charge, and Kendrick Nunn doing his yeah. part to push the Heat into what is now a fourth seed within this conference. And they were destined for at least a second round bye. But now, what remains of that team? You know, they still have all their players, yes, and they're still all talented. But instead, instead of facing a lackluster six seed like they were going to in the beginning, I think they can find themselves playing a team like Boston or Philadelphia in the first round. And that's going to that's gonna be tough for them because, you know, they're going to have to scrap out a battle to even get to the second round. Yeah. And I, I just don't think that's going to be something we're going to want to see. Uh, this Heat team is going to want to see, especially having to kind of readjust because they're, they're still new together. And so, uh, you know, I think um, having to face a Heat team in the first place is not going to be ideal for any team because they're always a threat to win it. But it still puts the Heat in a rough spot when the restarts begins because they're now going to have to play a team that I think is going to be a bit better than you know just a lackluster six seed because i don't think this i don't think the heat stays in the fourth seed i think they slide back to the fifth seed and they'll play a 76ers team in the first round i would take the sixers in that series me too exactly which just makes it tough because they were gonna play you know they had a chance to jockey for the third seed over indiana and now they're gonna have to play a team that is a legitimate contender within the east and i think that's tough for them to be able to handle We'll all have to see though, because once again, this is an eight-game regular season. So yeah, yeah. Um, I I just haven't been able to decide whether that's a lot or not a lot. It's it's not a lot within the NBA. That's not. not a lot, but at the same yeah. time, you have to think. Fourth seed plays fifth seed. So let's say the let's say the Sixers just right. kind of stay where they're at. They're still playing a Sixers team that is probably going to go, what six and three at worst. I, I would or say six that. six and two. My bad, not six and three. That's nine. Sorry, I'm not very good at math. But you know, it, I just I while I do think the Heat have a legitimate shot to be get out of that first round if they do play a team like that, it's just going to be a tougher road than expected. And I think because of that, it hurt this team tremendously. Okay, so it's not as mm-hmm. it's not as much the Heat that I think suffered. I think it's just the circumstances right. that allowed them to suffer, not the team yeah. itself, just the circumstances surrounding them. Right. Yeah, and the Heat were fun to watch throughout yeah, the regular season. Definitely. I watched them play a few times. I, I, they're another team. Once again, like they're with the NBA. Like the only team I hate is the Warriors, and that's because Steph Curry's a crybaby who faked a hand injury and he throws his mouth guard, but. They're not here, so I don't care who wins this thing. Just let's get some good basketball. Um, you know, I would love to see the Heat go far. I'd love to see Victor Oladipo and the Pacers go far. I would love to see that. That would be – I don't want to – I think any team who wins, it's going to be a good story. Definitely. And I just – I feel like – I was talking to one of my friends from New York the other day who is a Lakers fan, and we kind of were both able to come to the agreement that the NBA – really has taken its shift from a super team league to I just feel like all the stars in this league are like so evenly distributed on all these teams now that it just gives every team such a good chance to make something happen and that's what I that's why I've really liked the NBA so much this year I feel like I feel like all these teams that are good have just 
been so equally balanced. Like you have you have the you have the Bucks and the Lakers and outside of that, like a lot of these teams are pretty darn equal in terms of records and stuff like that. I mean, the the Pacers, Heat, Celtics, Raptors, Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, and Mavericks all have above 39 wins. And yeah. the 76ers are there too. I don't know if I said that. That's a lot of good teams. And I, I just feel like we haven't seen – you know, the Western Conference usually is stacked with that many good teams. But in terms of the Eastern Conference, sometimes they suck. Yeah. Sometimes they're just not good. So I really like the direction this NBA season has taken. And I feel like all these teams are – so balanced that they're all pretty easy to root for you know there's not really that one team there's there isn't really one team out of this bunch that i just don't want to see win at all i mean you know sometimes the rockets can get a little annoying see i uh, like the rockets though i don't i enjoy I don't watching james it, harden that's flopping but, getting yeah. to the foul line that, that that can i could see how that makes nba fans mad but yeah even then like I don't. I don't care. Like if the Rockets win, good for James Harden. He he's one. He's a guy in the NBA that I feel like deserves a ring. Yeah. But we'll see what Same happens. Same with there. the Russ, though. They, I yeah. think they both deserve one. So. Right. We'll see. Um. So, do we have any official NBA Finals predictions? We've given them a couple times throughout our show. You've stayed constant with yours. Do you still? Are you still going Lakers Bucks? That's what it was before, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna still stick with Lakers Bucks. I just think uh, the Bucks have too much for the East, and the Lakers are gonna be able to outlast the Clippers. And I think really the finals matchup is gonna be the Lakers Clippers. So. Okay. I I'm pretty sure I uh, started with the Clippers Bucks as my prediction. Yeah. But then I kind of got a little high on the Celtics and threw the Celtics <laughs> in there. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I'm going to go Clippers Celtics just just because um I'm pretty confident that the Clippers can get there. You know, you know, once again if the Lakers get there um it, it is what it is. I don't think I would be too surprised by that at all. Um I wouldn't once again I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics don't make it there either, but I'm going to go with that. I think both teams have a good shot and the Clippers I'm definitely confident in. I've been I've had them there all season. Um I kind of just I, I, I like what the Celtics got going on, and I want to see if they can just catch that fire in the postseason and maybe ride it out all the way. I think there's a chance that happens. Uh, in terms of the conference finals, I think, you know, just depending on how – it really depends on how all these teams get seeded up and who plays who when. Um, but, you know, it would be cool to see, like, the Celtics and Bucks go at it or, you know, the Celtics and Raptors have played some pretty good games this season. Yeah. So that would be a cool – conference finals matchup and then obviously i want to see the lakers and clippers go at it yeah in the conference finals that has to happen that will be an awesome series <laughs> oh, so yeah. um yeah i really am not going to be surprised by anything the only thing i'd be really surprised about is if either the, the lakers, lakers or the pelicans no no be. obviously that's something but <laughs> I, the really thing i'd be really surprised about is if you know the lakers get in and sweep the clippers or the clippers get in and sweep the yeah. lakers like something just unprecedented we see one team just completely dominate the other team and i just and don't that was, think that's something that's that was happen. my problem with the nba for the past 4 years is the playoffs are supposed to be awesome they're supposed to be exciting they're they're supposed to be fun and really outside of that 2016 nba finals where uh you know with the 3-1 comeback a lot of it has just been oh the warriors swept this team again yeah I'm so shocked. How did they do that? How did this team with four all-stars sweep this 
sweep this 40 win eight seed Western Conference team? How 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 did the Warriors defeat the Cavs uh with LeBron supporting cast consisting of Timothy Mozgov and Ahmad? <laughs> how did they do it? This is this is unprecedented stuff that the Warriors are doing. But now like I said, I think this league is pretty evenly distributed in terms of players on teams. I don't really think there's one team that actually has what it takes to dominate a playoff run just because all the other teams are so good. Even if the Warriors still had that core together, I, I think the Lakers could give them a pretty good run for their money. I don't – that, that's why I like the scene because even if the Warriors were healthy, I don't – it wouldn't be as easy for them this year. Yeah, no. And it, I think if they, you know – okay, so you have to think about it. They would have been without Steph – KD and Clay, if nothing would have changed after last season. Yeah. Now they're just without Steph and Clay. I mean, they have Devin Booker, or not Devin Booker, um, D'Angelo Russell, sorry. Um, and, you know, they have some guys there that are going to be, you know, talented players for them in the future. Well, they're probably going to get a lottery pick. Probably. Exactly. That's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the Warriors kind of just took this season and were just kind of like, all right, yeah. we'll just we'll just take a year. They're going to be back next season, but I just well, don't, I don't think they're it. going to be back in a way that we've seen them dominate for years yeah. and years. Because, like you said, the competition is starting to, you know, everyone's starting to really come together and uh, be a bit more diverse in terms of stars on teams. They'll probably be back to where they were, like, early 2010s, you know, yeah. like 2013, 2014, when they were making it to the, the West semis and uh, you know, their their team was getting good. Yeah. They They weren't quite ready to uh, go to the finals and stuff yet, but they, you could tell they were getting good. I think they might go back to a bit closer to that point, but yeah. they'll, they'll, it, it, it just depends on who they draft and um, the health of Steph, Steph and the health of clay and all that. But uh, one, once again, you know, I, I like clay Thompson, so I want him back on the court. Steph, I could care less for, yeah. but um, I I'm, say, just glad. Yeah. I'm glad the warriors for the first time. And how many years is this since 2015? Yeah. I'm just happy. They won't be there. For sure. And I think that uh, what the uh, Warriors should do is trade their lottery pick for Harrison Barnes, get him back on the team, because, uh, you know, Harris, uh, I'm just messing. Yeah, no, that would be great. I <laughs> I'm think just messing. Should. Harrison Barnes, that would Barnes, that be, that. So, be some nostalgia right there. Be like, that would the keep them out of the finals for longer than just a year. So let's <laughs> go ahead and make that trade right now. Um, do we have anything else to go for? Or? Uh, I think that's it. I think, right, uh, you know, that was kind of what we had for today. You know, just talking about a bit, bit of the return of the NBA, the return of sports, really. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything, you know, pans out. Absolutely, man. And uh, we're going to finish out, like usual, best thing you saw today, this week, this month, this year. Uh, this lifetime. This lifetime, you know. This uh, month has been a lifetime, so yeah. you can. Um, I mean – I got hired yesterday at Firehouse, so I'll have a job. So that's awesome. probably that's probably the biggest thing that uh, I can say. Uh, the best thing, you know, I'll be having some sort of income once again. Right. It'll be a bit more. Uh, it's a good. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of been waking up to those direct deposits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the that, that's Thursday for me. Thursdays are the best day. Of the I week. think I think uh, mine's bi-weekly, but on Wednesday. Okay. Which is fine. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's how I was when I was at Peter Brooks. So where so you're in St. Augustine, so yeah, what? It, it's it's the one in, in there. It's the one in Jillington. Um oh, okay. it's it's only like 
20 minute drive so yeah it's not bad yeah yeah and you can probably just hop on um state road 13 too yeah that's what i do i get on state yeah, road 13 i figured and what right near like the goodwill and stuff yeah yeah i'm actually you know what that's what all that's what i'll use to conclude this show um if there is one thing i've been doing this past month is i've been playing and i've always been doing this i've been playing my hand in thrifting <laughs> but recently i have been coming out with some good finds i'm currently i don't know if you can see it I'm wearing this Harley Davidson t-shirt that I picked up for like five bucks from a Goodwill. I found a pretty nice like Guy Harvey long sleeve t-shirt. Nice. Um, I picked up a David Garrard jersey the other day. It's I And it's never just like, oh, I'm going to go to Goodwill. It's always like I'm going to go out, run some errands, and then I'll drive past a Goodwill and I'll stop there and you know, kind of <laughs> see what I can find. And yeah. also there's this really good store on Beach Boulevard called Final Lap. I don't know if you've heard of them vintage sports store they sell some really cool stuff there so i i go there too sometimes so yeah honestly uh thrifting has been a big part of my life this past month and whatnot so that's i think that's what i'm gonna go with to for my best thing i saw even though it's not really the best thing i saw kind of just what you yeah, yeah no that's great it's great yeah it's it's fun and dude like it's great like i it's like obviously like it, buying like nice clothes is cool and all but Dude, I can find like some really cool shirts for like three bucks. Yeah. And I, I cop like four shirts and it's like not, it's like $12. It's, it's perfect. And I always wash them, you know, just to make sure. I don't know who wore it before me, but yeah. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's always good to, to get some good finds for sure. Like for sure. So, so yeah. Um, uh, I, I think that's it. Awesome, man. And yeah. then, um, so we were in the middle of our division previews for the NFL season uh we took a halt from that to do this episode and then um we're not gonna guarantee our next date it'll probably either be this wednesday or next saturday or something but next time we're back in the studio we're gonna be doing the afc north yes afc north afc north so that'll be before we get the into the episode yeah I, I was and gonna then say. We'll, we'll get into the west after that and yeah. talk patty mahomes and mm-hmm. drew Locke. Drew Locke. We're excited yes, for that sir. one, but first up is uh, Big Ben and Lamar, Lamar and Baker and uh, whoever. Oh, Joe kid, Burrow. Kid Joe Burrow. So uh, the AFC North looks like it's going to be a pretty interesting division. Yeah. Um, sure. Maybe we can even give a sneak peek. Who do we think is going to finish last in that division? Probably the Bengals. The Bengals. All right. So, uh, so Brandon and I both think the Bengals are finishing last in the AFC North, but tune in to our next episode to find out who's going to finish one through third. Yes. And I guess we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. We'll see y'all next time. You guys have a good one. And, uh, like, like Matt said, either Wednesday or Saturday, but with definitely within the next week, we'll try to get another, um, one out, another podcast out. So, um, just make sure to tell your friends, help us, uh, you know, to get more mm-hmm. listens and, We'll continue giving you guys the best content we can possibly provide. And thank you guys for listening. That's the goal. The best ever. Because that's what we are. We're the best podcast of all time. So yeah, that's what we're going to do. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. All right. See ya.